1: Okay, before we start the show, here's a question for you. Do you feel younger than you appear? We all kind of do. I feel like I'm still seven years old. But do you have under-eye bags, crow's feet, and wrinkles? They often add years and years to your appearance. And that sting when someone thinks you're 10 years older than you really are, crushing to the ego, and the confidence level plummets. But let's talk about a quick and easy fix called Plexiderm. It's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates crow's feet, wrinkles, and under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes. That's right, minutes It's exactly what you need to win the battle against father time and restore your confidence. And if you don't believe it, I didn't believe it either until I did the test, until I got my canister, stood in front of the mirror, 10 minutes, all of those fine lines around my eyeballs went right away, vanished. So go to triplexiderm.com, use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee Visit TriPlexiderm.com today And use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout That's TriPlexiderm.com Code SEXYLIBERAL And now, let the cartoons begin
2: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters Relentlessly fighting back Against the clown dictator And his regime of deplorables Never give up, never surrender This is the Bob Zeska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com
3: I do know he was talking to a reporter Yeah, but I think I woke him up Good notes? Verbatim. He really said that about Mrs. Graham. Well, I'll cut the words of her tit and print it. Well. It was a family newspaper. (laughs) You know, once when I was reporting, Lyndon Johnson's top guy gave me the word. They were looking for a successor for J. Edgar Hoover. I wrote it, and the day it appeared, Johnson held a press conference and appointed Hoover head of the FBI for life. When he was done. Turned to his top guy, and the president said, call Ben Bradley and tell him, fuck you. (laughs) Hell, everybody said you did it, Ben. You screwed up. You stuck us with Hoover forever. I screwed up, but I wasn't wrong. How much can you tell me about Deep Throat? How much do you need to know? You trust him? Yeah. I can't do the reporting for my reporters, which means I have to trust them. And I hate trusting anybody. Run
2: that, baby. Bob Seska! Eat shit, Bob!
1: The Bob Seska Show! We're into it now, the impeachment of Donald Trump. From a nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 12, 2019, and this is the Bob Suska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. BubbleGenius.com, if you don't know, the greatest soap in the universe. Go there, buy tons of soap, especially now for the holidays. Oh, and hi, what's up, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1027 of the Trump crisis, day 52 of the impeachment of Donald Trump. 356 days until the 2020 presidential election. And let's bring him in, my good friend, Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Hello. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz.
2: Uh, we're the guys who taught Sean Spicer how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had to turn down the gig as the advance team for Donald Trump Jr.'s book tour. <laughs> Oh man, I'm looking around. Is it cold? It's like four degrees in Chicago this morning. Is it cold air in DC, Bob?
1: Yeah, my underpants are frozen. <laughs> oh yeah. man, well that's
2: that's how you know it's, it's cold. freezing. It, it, looking at the national weather map, it's cold over a whole lot of the country, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's so cold. Uh, Kellyanne, uh, Conway wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. How <laughs> oh, you missed... how cold is it? I was
2: well, Bob. I'm so glad you asked. It's so cold. Kellyanne Conway had to put on a light sweater. Even she felt the chill. Uh, this, struck, this struck me as odd. Now, this was a really an odd thing, I okay. thought. The impeachment hearings on TV haven't even started yet, and, and it's already been voted best new show of the season. I, I intend to it, binge watch it. It's starting I tomorrow. Didn't see that. I don't know how they. I guess they do that with books, you know.
1: before... That's true.
2: Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Republicans are out with a new wish list of, of witnesses for the impeachment hearings, uh, and apparently, Bob, they have not learned their lesson. I don't know. And now they also want testimony from Ted Nugent, Hillary's email server, and Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's funnier, funnier if you say Santa. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited today, though. I really am. I just got the nicest compliment on Twitter. I wasn't expecting this. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me, uh, I'm an okay boomer. I thought,
1: wow, <laughs> that's. I'm not going anywhere near any of that shit. I am telling so you
2: now. Good to know that I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you're okay.
1: You know, like a dutiful Gen Xer, I am staying the <laughs> fuck out of the okay boomer controversy. I'm not, I'm not touching that with a 10 <laughs> yeah. foot pole. No yeah. goddamn way. Um, yeah. Okay, my friend, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, great to be back. L- lots to discuss today, obviously impeachment and everything starting tomorrow. But as you heard at the top of the show, we got to talk about John Oliver's uh, final segment the other night, well, which was. Of course
2: was... we do. I texted you as soon as I watched the playback of
1: it. It's amazing that here's this guy Bob Murray that I'm now linked to because of this <laughs> show because I've made a big deal out of uh, John Oliver saying uh, eat shit, Bob. Eat but- shit, <laughs> right. Bob. Right, that, that thing. Week, yeah. 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 And and so, but this is a, like a serious thing that any one of us could get caught up in, uh, and that is uh, these slap laws that allow anyone to sue anyone else if they don't like the cut of their jib. If you say something on Twitter, if you say something elsewhere that... Uh, someone finds offensive or derogatory in any way, they can sue you and basically drive you into the ground with legal fees. And that's what Bob Murray's been doing with all kinds of people. And it doesn't matter if there are anti-slap laws in your state, they can just sue you in a different state.
2: Thankfully, I mean, and this doesn't cover everything, of course, but it, it helps us a little bit. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, the judge in uh, Bob Murray's case uh, uh, in, against John Oliver ruled that, it. yeah, but that doesn't count in comedy. <laughs> If it's if it's yeah. clearly if it's something that's blatantly clearly not true, if it's mm-hmm. said uh, as an exaggeration of of reality, uh, just you know, then then that's entirely different. If it's done for comedic effect or right. for satire. Uh, that that is protected speech.
1: Mm -hmm. 100%. I I thought that was settled. I thought it was all done with people versus Larry Flint and that Supreme Court case and the idea of satire being permissible speech according to the Supreme Court. I think that was... Uh, That was all done. And then, you know, you get all these slap laws allowing people to uh, 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 target you like this. And, of course, it's become a tool of the Trumper red hat right. We're talking about the party that spent years fighting uh, for tort reform. (laughs) And now they're they're the party of lawsuits because look who's at the top of the heap. Donald Trump, who hasn't met anyone he hasn't sued. He sues everybody. And, again, it's the... Well, I kind of saw this a little bit uh, with the history of Glenn Greenwald, of all people. Glenn Greenwald used to sue people just to bankrupt them with legal fees, just to bury yeah. them in legal right. fees, and then just walk away. Ah, oh, never forget it and uh it's it's the worst kind of behavior you could possibly imagine weaponizing the legal system burdening the judicial system uh with these cockamamie lawsuits and thank god john oliver is standing up to bob murray this this coal guy who with links to donald trump the best thing obviously about that bit the other night was <laughs> the gigantic broadway extravaganza oh my god that culminated actual, yeah
2: actual broadway singers and dancers I no. Uh, uh, repeating uh, or listing uh, uh, impossibly uh, a true, uh, you know, suppositions about about Bob Murray, yeah. and and you know, just crazy, wild, outrageous stuff, and and to see real professionals doing a, a great number. I, just that one moment that sticks in my mind is when uh, John Oliver strikes down one of the dancers as Nancy Kerrigan, <laughs> and. Yeah. Just if you have that on <laughs> video, if you have a way of going back and looking at that, that mm-hmm. part again, uh, just the acting. Of that one dancer made the whole production, but the whole thing with the music and the fireworks, and they're out on the street filming, and it's just you know, it's it's a huge it's like a motion picture-like production which is another way, aside from legal fees, that John Oliver is spending AT&T's yeah. money.
1: <laughs> right, and everything culminated in this, which will be featured on this year's show quite often, I guarantee it. Wonderful. shit!
2: Look at the fireworks. Yep, the
3: fireworks.
1: That is... Oh, that is marvelous. God bless America. That just great. That show, there's something about John Oliver where he is a goddamn political right. comedy machine. I mean, he is well. indefatigable. He does not tire. He does not complain about the fire hose of news. He just presses forward with maybe the best half hour of political and social commentary you've ever heard and uh, they they put they, they, maximum effort into every single show
2: it helps that they have uh, an HBO sized budget to do that show mm-hmm. with and it could not be done without a an incredible staff of experienced, clever researchers. Yeah, and uh, and and you know, uh, we 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 say bad things, rightfully so, mostly about corporations and mm-hmm. corporate lawyers. But uh, this is a case where the corporate lawyers are standing up for the product, standing up for the artist. Yeah, and uh, that's that's always good. That does my heart good.
1: That's one thing that terrifies me: is getting sued by one of these rat bastards and having to deal with all of that. Fortunately, I have uh, Charles J. Bowen and the uh, Bowen Law Group in my corner. So that's that's always good news. Do I get a piece of that by any chance? <laughs> Can I get... Sure. Because I,
2: I got nobody, Bob. <laughs> I'm... I'm as vulnerable as they come.
1: I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to get cease and desist orders like once a week when I was doing cartoons. and One of my favorites was when I did this cartoon about uh, Dick Vitale, sports right. broadcaster Dick Vitale, and how he right. is. Talk about being indefatigable when he's doing March Madness <laughs> in college basketball, which I don't follow, but I know enough about it to know what, who Dick Vitale is and what his story is. He is unstoppable. So I did this cartoon one time in which He was continuing to talk about college football with all of these things being done to him, like a rusty farm tool lodged in his head. And then he's racked in the nuts by a dwarf on roller skates. And just all these things happen and happen and happen to him in this cartoon. And uh, the next day, I'm up in New York City to go go into a meeting or something like that. And and my phone rings. And it's one of the people back in my animation studio saying, "Uh, uh, Bob, you're going to want to sit down for this. I said, what? Dick Vitale saw your cartoon and did not like it and is sending you a cease and desist order to take down the cartoon. I said, what do you think? Should I take down the cartoon? And they said, no. So I said, no, we're not going to take down the cartoon. And right. thank God Dick Vitale did not sue me.
2: That's, that's so often the case. And, and, you know, I'll tell this. I tell this to friends and family. Uh, If you have a concern, a lot of times all you have to do is pay a lawyer a nominal fee (laughs) to send a cease and desist order. It doesn't mean that you ever have to follow up on it. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many times in, in the other walks of life that... That uh, the cease and desist order is all it takes, or mm-hmm. letter is all it takes, yeah. and uh, you know so it, it is a it is a tool of uh, for just that. But yeah, yeah I, I you know, it, free speech it continues to prevail so far despite the. Tireless efforts to suppress it.
1: You know, I did one cartoon with Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses working at a McDonald's and taking orders at a McDonald's, and then every order he was singing back in his you know Guns N' Roses uh, Axl Rose right. style. Axl Rose got pissed off at me, sent me a cease and desist order over that cartoon. It was un- it was an amazing See, thing yeah. to deal with. In both of these cases, I think, really, what you were
2: doing was flattering them. I mean, what <laughs> yeah, you were saying, no, seriously, you know, despite the violent, horrible things that were happening to mm-hmm. Dick Vitale, uh, <laughs> he persisted uh, in your portrayal of him. Yeah. He, he didn't He didn't succumb in, into a, a heap. He, he persisted. And that was really your point. And yeah. really, isn't that kind of a compliment? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a surefire
1: sign the subject has no sense of humor about themselves whatsoever. I mean, that was <laughs> right. always a great indicator for me that Little I should defensive. I should up the ante next time around. It was it was actually encouraging me to do more cartoons like that. So <laughs> go ahead, cross this line. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean the thing I keep thinking about every time I tweet at Donald Trump, every, every time I quote tweet one of his ridiculous blurts, Right. I feel like the very next day there's going to be a knock at my door and it's IRS auditors saying, hey, what's going on in there? And they, they end up coming in just out of, you know, uh, revenge. I think it's something that he's entirely capable of doing. Didn't uh, I think Richard Nixon did shit like that? You know, got the IRS <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. to oh, go absolutely. after. Absolutely
2: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, that's true I'm more worried about PBS auditors but that's another story (laughs)
1: yeah I want to talk
2: about that here
1: in a second yeah but you know speaking of Donald Trump he was at the economic club of New York today which I'm surprised he has the guts to show his face up there in New York City and do any public speaking because he has been territory yeah and the red hats don't know this but for the last how many decades four decades Donald Trump has been a laughing stock a punchline in New York City so going back there in this context, it was probably a recipe for disaster, and of course, it kind of was. He <laughs> he bombed a little bit. There was one clip I wanted to play here of Donald Trump talking about <clears throat> negative interest on loans from the Fed, which is just an insane idea. I mean, you talk about running up a right. gigantic federal budget deficit, a gigantic national debt. Start it giving is away what he <laughs> does best. <laughs> yeah, start approving loans in which the lender has to pay you. Uh-huh. Interest on that loan—that's what negative interest is. Donald Trump's on top of it. He wants the money. In fact, he said, "I want some of that money." And then a couple people clap, and he goes, "Oh yeah, only the smart people are clapping." Here's uh-huh. here's Donald Trump at the Economic Club of New York earlier today. We are actively competing with nations <laughs> who openly cut interest rates, so that now many are actually getting paid when they pay off their loan. Known as negative interest. Who ever heard of such a thing? Who ever heard of it? Give me some of that. You give me give some, me of, some that. of that money. I want some of that money. Crook. Our Federal Reserve doesn't let us do it. <laughs> wait, what was that? I got to go back. The Federal Reserve doesn't let us do it. No, right. Wait That's one more right. time. Let's go. <laughs> rewind a second here. It so doesn't let us do it. Yeah. yeah, wait. Yeah. Some oh, of that I'm money. Wrong. Our Federal Reserve doesn't let us do it. Say, thank you, thank you. The smart
2: people
1: are clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Only the smart people are clapping. Oh, poor Biff. He's turned into Jeb Bush already. Please clap. The rest. Yeah. Of
2: you. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yeah. He's gotten so tiny that a lot of people couldn't hear him.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, can you speak up, Mr. President. We can't hear you or see you anymore because you're you know about six inches below the podium. Smaller. And smaller. Uh, yeah. And the only thing I think of is poor Jeb Bush. You remember the please clap thing, which was the death knell yes, of yeah, his campaign yeah. in 2016. Please clap. Yeah. Poor, poor low <laughs> energy Jeb Bush. Uh, OK, so uh, you had a a, a blockbuster uh, a tweet the other day about uh, the coverage that we're going to be uh, hearing from as far as the uh, impeachment goes tomorrow, the, the, the first public impeachment hearings.
2: Well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure there have been discussions. There were discussions. I know inside PBS about whether to carry it in primetime this time around as they did in 1973 in the context here is that uh, PBS was founded on impeachment hearings and Sesame Street. It were those those two things in in the early 1970s that uh, put uh, PBS on the media map and in the consciousness of America. And people started watching the network, and they watched for hours, and they watched past midnight as the day's hearings were replayed at night. And, uh, of course, there are other ways to get the show, and uh, with each passing hour, I suspect there'll be even more options uh, forgetting it but it, it struck me as odd that PBS had decided not to do it and I saw that Bill Moyers and other uh, journalists were objecting so it was really two tweets and they were both very innocent and I I didn't uh, at PBS in the first tweet and because I was mentioning other networks and I, you know I didn't want to at all of them I just you know I wanted to stay out of that yeah, much. Right, but, right but but I wanted to communicate to people that uh, PBS would uh, carry uh, the the live coverage during the day uh, that they were considering carrying it at night and that all the other networks cable and broadcast, uh, would, would also be carrying the hearings and, and be streaming and stuff. Yeah. But, and then, and I followed that up with one that I did at PBS, uh, in, in which I urged people to contact them and, and, uh, urge them to change their mind about, about not carrying the hearings in a replay at night this time. And I, I thought, well, you know uh I, I normally for something i post get uh, a couple hundred likes you know this will mm-hmm. be this will be like that this you know and i and i did it as a public service to get information out there to let people know yes it's going to be on here's where it's going to be on here's how that's going to work and uh then got the surprising news that PBS had uh, after being founded on this in the, in the early 70s after being part of its mission statement to to cover these sorts of things, uh, was not going to do it this time, and uh, uh, I didn't. I did not expect uh, nine thousand retweets and sixteen thousand likes, and and a thousand comments, and and uh, hundreds of new followers in twenty-four hour period. Wow, I mean, that, sixteen
1: thousand that... likes, huh? Jesus. Yeah,
2: I uh, and and it frightened me, <laughs> <laughs> frankly. I got. I go. Well, I. I didn't want that high a profile. You're, you know, doing, you're really, doing
1: it. You're doing it wrong.
2: If that's frightening <laughs> you, I'm. I well, because I I realized that uh, this particular tweet ha- seemed to have a great deal of power. Mm-hmm. People responded en masse to it, and with great power, as you know, Bob, comes great responsibility. Yes, indeed. And and, and and so I watched the responses, and this is really what I want to talk about, not the number of tweets, because. I'd really rather frankly go back into the bushes, but but
1: if that's if I don't that's want an option. That's the the Buzz Burbank approach. Nobody don't read my stuff. Just, yeah, go, no, just leave please, me alone just, to talk to myself. Well,
2: yeah. You know, too much scrutiny can be a bad oh, thing. Okay. You yeah, know. I get that.
1: I certainly understand but, that. But one.
2: what this is really about is about the response yeah. to the and the kinds of responses I heard. Because most of the people who responded, I presume, I believe, uh, I got the well, I got a pretty clear sense that there all progressives mm-hmm. what was interesting is how the progressive bro- broke down how they how they broke down into groups of, of types of responses uh-huh. I am so heartened and so proud to say that the vast vast majority of retweets to PBS they got some mail to read uh, <laughs> the vast the vast majority of, of retweets to them uh, were very kind. They said, please, PBS, this is your mission. And, sure. you know, we're we we we're monthly subscribers. We work during the day. We we really would appreciate it if it was on at night. They were very civil. The vast majority of progressives who responded to this were very civil. And then there's a segment of people who says, ah, you're in with the Republicans. And, ah, now you're one of them. They've been taken over by the Koch brothers. They were, uh. And some of this, there, there's, there may be grains of, mm. maybe more than grains of truth to that. Yeah. Mm. But the, this Fuck is em. not a yeah. t- not a time to do that, and, and 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 there were other people who, and this is what scared me the most about the responsibility here. So many people, uh, again a minority, but so many people saying, "That's it, I'm out, no more money for PBS." Oh, this was no, no, not, no, 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 this was not what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to inform people, and in the case of PBS, I wanted them to do what most people did, which was nicely urge. Uh, PBS to uh, carry the program uh, most always with the word please in it. Yeah, and that that did my heart so much good, and I hope uh, PBS sees that. I have not liked any of the ones that have attacked PBS in some way or accused them uh, of anything. Uh, I've only liked the ones that said you know please or or just give a very humble reason for wanting PBS to carry that programming. Scary new experience for me and. I had to share it with somebody (laughs) You you and and this audience Are the only people I can really share that with
1: Yeah well you don't need You're going to get lots of sympathy from me on this Because (laughs) it's like a feature Of social media Where you post something and half the people Get the wrong idea by what You Mm -hmm. posted and you know I posted a a gif on Twitter today Uh, It's of uh, Captain Kirk screaming I read the comments and it was because I, I actually did I made the mistake of reading the comments under my salon piece which is up today about the impeachment and it was basically in a word it was a chorus of again. i know thank you ladies and gentlemen good night All um (laughs) your work here is through well again you know it's it's indicative of social media just ask Rocky Mountain Mike for example (laughs) you know what happens when you post something on Twitter and people don't read the article well they end up stepping right into the propeller and not knowing and then it's frustrating and then we all get pissed off and yeah
2: yeah I see some of that and I see the conspiracy (laughs) folks uh, among progressives I see like I said I saw kind of how we all broke down. But the, the really heartening thing here is that the vast majority of the people said please. And I think that's that's, <laughs> that's so nice. cool yeah. because I did not and I know that sounds like a very little house on the prairie but it's really uh, very important at, at a time when civility uh, especially in politics is nil. Well,
1: and the other thing yesterday I posted uh something in support of Joe Biden. I'm not endorsing Joe Biden. Saw, I'm not yeah. saying please vote for that. Joe Biden. Yeah, but I was right. watching his town hall on CBS CNN last night and you know what let's be perfectly honest about it he did great in that town hall maybe one of his best TV performances so far in this particular campaign and all I did was say that he looked together uh, his experience was on display he looked presidential and I thought it was good it was good for him and and therefore I think it's good for the country to have a solid Mm -hmm. example of democratic politics on display on CNN in prime time
2: well yeah, I didn't see it I'm glad too but i think it's important to underscore that uh he's just fine because there's <laughs> yeah. a there's a, there's a campaign uh, saying he's not and uh, you know I, I understand some of that mm-hmm. i do i well, really do but well, yeah. and, and i have i have my own concerns to be on so do but i but it's important that we all see that he's just more than fine really mm-hmm. that he that he's capable of a good performance with no gaffes yeah. i'm sorry i didn't see it i didn't really know that it was going to be on uh, but you know what else i, I, I this is a, another good thing i think in that it, I, I'm I haven't decided on this but this is something I'm considering and that is that I, if, judging what I'm seeing from the polls what voters are willing to support uh, and judging from that tweet that I just talked about th- that said to me that the v- vast majority of progressives are moderate progressives yeah. you know uh, easy does it this yes let's have a revolution. Slowly <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, right, right as opposed to with a with a sudden bang. Um, I'm seeing that side of it, too. Like I said, I'm undecided. I support whoever the Democratic nominee is i just uh this is a, a, a an important electability thing to a mm-hmm. certain extent sure that i'm considering that i'm considering
1: yeah well i think we all have to wrap our heads around the idea that maybe joe biden's going to be the nominee and eventually yeah. we're all going to have to find a way to support him whether we like him or not and that's a fact true of, of that's a fact of life it's true a, or true of
2: all candidates in fact yeah 100
1: i mean it right, could have right. been it could have been elizabeth warren up there last night and i probably would have said the same thing about elizabeth warren given her <laughs> exactly. performance but you you no, know, it was the the immediately the the replies were along the lines of you know the sure. usual corporatist shill stuff you know the mm-hmm. uh, right. oh you moderates are screwing everything up and I'm not even a moderate for God's sake but you know it, it, the no, the point don't. being is that. Well, sometimes people don't understand tweets, and they don't read what you've said before they comment, and that's annoying. And then there was another case where it wasn't even a a real thing. I posted a screen grab from the open of HBO's Silicon Valley, which is one of the Uh funniest shows on television. But they do this thing at the during the open during the opening theme is of this uh, computerized sort of CG overhead view of Silicon Valley with all the different corporations and everything, and the. Facebook logo I thought it was really clever because this season they're making they're spelling Facebook using Cyrillic characters using Russian <laughs> characters and so I made a <laughs> screen grab of that and posted that and of course I got a bunch of comments well that's not the real Russian word the real Russian word is this I'm like oh my god now I know what it's like to be a woman on Twitter I got well actually <laughs> on a joke from HBO's Silicon Valley I now feel like I'm in in at least a little bit solidarity with all the feminists who get harassed on Twitter with guys going, hey, well, actually, that's not the real Russian word. I hope you've learned your
2: lesson about
1: upholding humor. (laughs) No, I know. It's just another round of uh, Eat Shit, Bob.
0: Shit!
1: Yes, everybody sing Fireworks! Um. Okay, so down to actual business here. Uh, okay,
2: if we must.
1: <laughs> I thought this was a fascinating little bit of uh, of polling here as far as illustrating the support for impeachment across the country. Someone applied impeachment support or uh, lack of support by- mm-hmm. in each state and then compile that into electoral votes you know if if there's support for impeachment in a particular state well that state gets the electoral vote so as of right now uh the support for impeachment is at 348 electoral votes and republican opposition to impeachment is at 190 electoral votes so well yeah i hope that's that's
2: that's dramatic. I hope it's I hope it's meaningful. I, does this ever happen to you? Uh, I had a great day yesterday. I got a gazillion the likes. That
1: never happens to me. I never have great days anymore. I,
2: no, it was a great day. I had I got a gazillion likes yeah. on on a tweet. I I one of my voiceover for commercials uh, aired on Monday Night Football. Oh, that's I don't great. Watch. I don't watch it, but I understand, you know, some people do. Congratulations. Uh, That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And, and, then, and then Sean Spicer got voted off Dancing with the Stars. So <laughs> I really felt like I'd had a, a really good day. And then I woke up this morning with an overwhelming sense of doom. Does this happen to you or anybody oh, else God, ever? Yes. I don't. Because I have no, I there's a, well, why yeah I asked I'm a very logical person so I ask myself okay why do you feel this way and I, I don't know <laughs> you know and 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 it just I just do are you sure and, and you're now, not a
1: Gen Xer are you sure I, you're a boomer because that's like a Gen I, Xer thing feeling good one I, day and then waking up with a sense of doom <laughs> I I it, now
2: by the by Showtime I'm pleased to say I'm fine yeah. I'm no longer yeah. a danger to society or myself. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm ready to go. But it, you know, I started out with that that sort of sense of gloom this morning. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 you know, it's it's just it's been it's been rough. Uh, this has been a rough ride. Uh, this whole impeachment thing.
1: It is. It's a, an up and down roller coaster. But here's something to cheer you up a little bit. And uh-huh. there's positive majority support for impeachment in Georgia, South Carolina, right. North Carolina, Virginia. Just looking at some red states here, Arizona. Right. Um, obviously, well, now the red state, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, those guys, (laughs) they're now in support of impeachment. Right. Uh, right. And it's just, it's spreading. And I think the way the Democrats have been comporting themselves has Uh contributed to that because I think the contrast is becoming clear. And one of the things I think we're going to see coming out of tomorrow's hearings is that people are going to realize that the Democrats aren't doing another political pie fight here. They're, I hope that's apparent. Yeah, well, they're engaged in the seriousness of the endeavor. Uh, the The impeachment of the president right. is a serious goddamn thing, and they are applying that level of seriousness to it. And I think that's and uh, extraordinary and, and a good move. I, I,
2: I do, and I do believe that it's a, a majority in in favor of impeachment among mm-hmm. the American people, and that that, that does does me good to know that yeah. at the same time uh in my sense of doom that i woke up this morning i turn on the the cbs world news roundup uh and uh we're we're at the end it's eight minutes past the hour and and they reported uh on on a new poll that they had uh that that said that uh a majority of americans uh, said that they would not be moved Uh, one way or another by the televised impeachment hearings, that uh, people are entrenched in their views. Now, here we are discussing this the day before the open impeachment hearings, and I know what the Democrats are going to do. And I know how tightly organized they are. This is actually highly scripted. They know who's going to say what, basically, and who's going to ask what. That's how organized this thing is. And as professionally as it will be carried out, as you've just described, uh, I'm not sure uh, that a a large segment of the country will even watch. Uh, I, I, I don't think that it's, you know, I just worry, especially after hearing this poll, that, that, our worst nightmare could come true that it will not move the
1: needle at all. I don't think that that's going to be the ultimate outcome. I think people are going to be blown not. away by this. I mean, from the I hope so from the leaks that have been coming out. I think the Democrats, especially on the Intelligence Committee, are kind of hinting at the fact that this is going to be blockbuster material. We're talking about yeah the, uh, the Mueller testimony in terms of cinematic quality and whether or not it's a blockbuster or whether or not it fizzles or wh- whatever the and, ridiculous and it might kind be. of yeah those kinds of expectations being applied to the Mueller uh, testimony. But this, they're saying all. Oh, already, which is kind of dangerous to kind of set the the, the expectations at Blockbuster <laughs> before it's happened. Yeah, uh, okay, right. But if they're that confident in it, I have no reason to doubt them. I think this is going to be, especially with Bill Taylor, especially with the format, I mean, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to peruse some of the rules, but I think the way this is starting is not with every member of the House Intelligence Committee asking a question. Right. The, the, the right. way this is going to work is either Schiff or... The council for the Democrats will begin the questioning of, in this case, Bill Taylor and George Kent and then the Republicans will have a chance to do their 45 minutes, and then it'll swap back and forth with 45-minute chunks of each. But remember, um, I think his name is Barry Burke, that guy? Remember that that questioning of Corey Lewandowski that we all saw that was really sharp and really precise and kind of nailed Corey Lewandowski? That's the kind of thing that we can expect at the outset of these hearings, and then that'll be followed by once the 45-minute blocks of questioning by each side's Council is done. That's when each individual member of the house, member yeah. of the intelligence committee will, will be able to ask their questions, and that's kind of when the shit show will be, <laughs> because that's this, usually when it does.
2: This will be less of a circus-like atmosphere, uh, even with the Republicans involved, because each side has that 45 minutes instead of uh, five minutes back and forth yeah. between uh, guys trying to get sound bites on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 45 minutes at a pop, uh, you can actually get some information. But here's my concern. You could spend hundreds of millions of dollars making a a blockbuster movie but that doesn't guarantee people will either go see it or <laughs> yeah, or like it yeah. if they do and uh, this is i uh, you know, i'm normally the glass half full guy but i just i worry this is like for me this is like pre-show jitters maybe uh we're we're at a moment in time that's suspended between we got this and all is lost yeah and yeah. and you know we're just we're on that brink right now and uh, this is for all the marbles kids that's why i'm nervous uh, not because i think uh, the effort will fail i've wanted you know this all along uh but i i like i said i have a little pre show jitters here about it hoping that Indeed, uh, this goes off as we hope and expect.
1: I think we should all set our expectations to the appropriate levels. Certainly, there Medium. aren't going to be many red hats who are, yeah, right. There aren't going to be many red hats who are going to have their minds changed by what happens here. Right. There will even still be some, um, you know, contrarians, people who think that both sides are equally guilty in all of this. Oh, and, yeah. and they're not going to uh, come out of their trenches uh, based on any of this. But all it really takes, I mean, I mean, remember, we're talking about national elections that are won and lost by two or three percentage points. So we're mm-hmm. talking about small turns of the dial making I a know. huge amount of difference.
2: We'll take what we can get. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's all that really needs to happen. And uh, Okay,
2: let me, let me share some bright news then to add to the bright news that you started with. And that is that in that Fox News poll <clears throat> that showed that a half of America was in favor of impeachment and removal and the other half is not uh that they were pretty evenly divided well yeah. here's the cool here's the cool thing about the nearly half who are against impeachment and removal a third of them say they're willing to listen there you go now do you see do you see what that did so this is encouraging uh, and and so if these hearings can in fact change the minds of that one third of one half, <laughs> oh man, I hate the fractions. Yeah. Uh, but if if that many people can be changed, watch the numbers change on who favors impeachment and who's against it. Uh, I I think we'll see a really big jump. I think you could see uh, by my math, and I'm no math whiz, but by my math, uh, Trump's support would drop from around thirty six percent to around. 23%.
1: Oh. Oh yes, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, absolutely. so there's the
2: upside. You've heard you've, you've heard my dark side. There's my bright side. <laughs>
1: there you go. I'm Mr. a Libra. Libra. I, I'm yeah. a Libra.
2: I got both. I got both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing that's going to drive me batshit tomorrow, and that is uh, when um, Jim Jordan and the others start acting like the monkeys they are, uh, throwing their own feces and driving into the hearing room in their clown car, etc., trying to make a big uh, mockery of the entire process. And my thing is. I'm going to see... Lots of liberals saying, "Hey, why don't the why don't the sergeant at arms go and lock up those guys? Let's throw them in jail well, now." And no, no, you see, here's are what Because
2: sure? really, mm. it would be very satisfying if they it, did. it would be extraordinarily. Maybe just a couple, of, couple yeah. of sacrificial lambs, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Set I mean, an example yeah. for the rest of the class. I don't know.
1: Well, of course, including me, I we would all love is to see Jim Jordan <laughs> get locked up in prison overnight. I mean, or in yeah. some, you know. uh, Yeah, the Capitol Police have a holding cell, maybe in there. Uh, Any number of options along those lines. But here's the thing. When it comes to impeachment, we're talking about a president who may be only the third president to ever be impeached. The very fact that the Democrats are engaged in an impeachment process now leading toward almost an inevitable impeachment is as fierce as you can possibly get per the Constitution. And I think the fact that according to the rules that were approved on the floor of the House, uh, any Republican who obstructs this process, including Donald Trump, including any members of the committee, um, those are going to become new impeachment articles. Donald Trump himself is going to get punished with any kind of obstruction that's going on of these hearings and of the uh, the congressional process and all of this. So they are getting punished. It's just not going to be this big. Uh, a whiz bang set of fireworks with people coming in with handcuffs and and cable ties and, right. and locking up guys like Jim Jordan in uh, little teeny tiny offices right. somewhere off the uh, hearing room. This is not going to happen.
2: Yeah, this is exactly what I laid out in your show last week. Is yeah. that, that first and foremost these incidents of obstruction, these refusals to testify, Mulvaney and the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are articles of those will those are items to be listed under. The article of obstruction of Congress yeah. and/or obstruction of justice, and right. they are being noted and they are being listed, and they will be part of that impeachment. Uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, there's there's really hope that we're going to uh, to learn. Quite a bit in these hearings, and and uh, you know I'm I know I for one will be popping more corn. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I think we e- all. Here's, will.
2: here's here's the thing about the Republican strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it a 3D strategy. It's it's a defense when you don't have a defense. Yeah, and the, the 3Ds are disrupt, distract, and disinform. Mm-hmm.
3: Their, their
2: their purpose here is as they started out by storming meetings. Who knows what antics will disrupt the upcoming hearings during their 45 minutes or during the Democrats' 45 minutes, Uh, the efforts to distract by bringing Biden and Clinton and uh, the Pizzagate and everything else into this. (laughs) Seriously, this is a very real uh, possibility. Mm. And uh, thirdly, to disinform, to disinform uh, the public uh, by hammering the... those distractions, hammering away yeah. at those distractions.
1: Yeah, the the whole idea is if both sides are guilty, then no one's guilty. So what they're trying to that do too, with yeah. this entire process is to make it seem well, Joe Biden's doing these things, and Hunter Biden's over there doing those things, and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama blah 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 blah. And then people who are who haven't been following this every day like we do, with our faces mashed up against our computer screens and so on, they're gonna go well, both sides are as stupid and guilty, so fuck them all. Pox on both their houses and -hmm. then they're going to walk away and become ambivalent about it. And and That's a real risk. Yeah, ambivalence leads to a diminishing uh, amount of support. And so that's, I think that's the Republican strategy ultimately. Uh, But more discussion on this coming up here in just a second. But first, got to ask you a question, Buzz. When was the the last time you whitened your teeth? Now, I'm I'm not a teeth whitening. I've never had my teeth whitened, but when was the last time you have done it yourself anytime well enough. i I, I use a
2: lot of whitening products every day, but but the last time I had it done professionally has been been a few years. Uh, I'm no longer on television and with good reason. You know,
1: I I don't do it. I mean, I wish I was that attentive to it. In fact, I haven't had my teeth cleaned in a couple of years, which I need to go oh, and do. Oh, that's no, yeah, possible. go yeah. do
2: that. I'll make an appointment for you.
1: But of course, a dentist, uh, the cost is uh, is out of pocket and it's a fortune and it's time off of work. And you get those teeth whitening trays, they're sloppy, expensive, and they burn your gums. And then the teeth whitening Strips cost a fortune and you barely notice a difference at all. But the holidays are coming, office parties, family gatherings, cringeworthy pics of you smiling with those discolored coffee stained teeth. Not you, Buzz, but I'm just talking to people in general. Not me, not this year. I'm going to have a sparkly, pearly white smile because. I am holding my fresh new box here of Power Swabs, brand new sponsor here on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. You never really whitened until you've whitened with Power Swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. That's two shades in just that amount of time. Power Swabs will never leave my teeth and gums all sore and sensitive like other whitening treatments, and it's totally safe and effective on all dental work. If you're not happy, Power Swabs are backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. You need to try Power Swabs and you will not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just five minutes. I got you a great deal. Here it is. Go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code sexy for 40% off. An additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. Yeah, that's right. 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick. Or you can call 1-800-668-1749 and use my code SEXY. That's buypowerswabs.com. The code, once again, SEXY, S-E-X-Y. Visit buypowerswabs.com today. Thank you.
4: Where we're from, a sliver beneath frozen sun. Doesn't matter to anyone. Oh, I cry a little. Cause this was home, this was mine. And who's to say we're to civilized? We fought no wars, we burned no skies, yet we're caught in.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the great Jesse Terry and Alex Wong, and a song called Nowhere from their brand new EP titled Kivalina. Now this is a really important project because they're uh, releasing this to uh, raise awareness about this little tiny fishing village in Alaska called Kivalina that is being really impacted by the climate crisis where these uh, indigenous Alaskans uh, use uh, ice floats to go out and, and hunt, right. and they're not able to do it now, or they're becoming uh, greatly restricted in doing it because of the uh, the melting ice and the, the climate crisis itself. And so I'm gonna be talking to Jesse Terry and Alex Wong tomorrow on the interview Excellent. show. Yeah, Excellent. about this yeah. entire issue. We're gonna be talking a lot about the climate crisis. We're gonna talking a, a little bit about music too. Jesse Terry's a ongoing favorite here on the show and boy this ep man i mean you talk about chills this is a chills inducing record link in the description you can buy it everywhere you get your uh digital music and so on so please support all of our great uh recording artists all of our independent bands and recording artists bobseska.com slash music if you want to submit uh thank you to everyone who's submitted so far really appreciate it. it's thank a real you. honor to that, get to play all this stuff
2: great what you're doing
1: okay let's dig back into impeachment here uh you may have heard mick mulvaney withdrew his request to join a federal lawsuit seeking uh, whether or not he should comply <laughs> with the uh, subpoenas to testify. He is, of course, making things worse for his boss, like they all are. Uh, may, I, may, I re- may I recap this briefly? Yes. Uh, first, he said he
2: wasn't going to testify. Uh-huh. And, and then he uh, joined a lawsuit that he really wasn't supposed to be a part of yeah. uh, uh, that basically asks the question of a court, uh, does a person follow a, a presidential order? Or do they follow a congressional subpoena? When those two things conflict, what supersedes? We're waiting for a court ruling on that. Right. Uh, Bolton and his uh, former assistant uh, have such a lawsuit. Uh, Mulvaney tried to glom onto it, and then that—that uh, that was like that was like yesterday afternoon. By last night or overnight, sometime Mulvaney switched and said, "No, no, no, no. I don't want to be part of their lawsuit. I'm going to do my own lawsuit." I see. Uh, to ask the same question, so that's like his third position on this. And then about mid morning today, he said, "No, no, 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 no. That's off. Uh, I'm just, I'm just flat gonna obey the president and not testify." So that's the ride that we've been on with Mick over the last uh, twenty four hours.
1: Yeah, you know, I get the impression from the rules, and I, I could be wrong. My interpretation of the rules is that. Mick Mulvaney's uh, obstruction, his refusal to submit to the subpoena, to his refusal right. to testify, is going to be right. another, maybe even a sub-item under an article of. I don't know if it's going to be an oh, article sure, in of itself, sure, but it's, sure. it's certainly going to be a part of the and, obstruction of Congress charges that are inevitable. And here's.
2: Here's the thing. Here's what I expect to happen because lots and lots of people went to jail uh, in Watergate. Yeah. They really did. A lot, a lot did. And I expect that'll happen again this time. The way this works is first we impeach the president, mm-hmm. and then we go back and we criminally charge the people who were complicit in. All the bad things the president did, who's just been impeached. Mm-hmm. So, I, my answer to <laughs> folks who say, and and to the folks who say, you know, oh, arrest them, arrest, you know, arrest these lawmakers, arrest. Uh, the the arrests will come. Uh, But the first thing's first, uh, uh, impeaching the president. So uh, first is to make those uh, obstructions, uh, articles of impeachment. The second is to then uh, criminally prosecute these individuals.
1: Right. And then meanwhile, we've got uh, the State Department uh, official, Chris Anderson, who testified, I believe it was yesterday. Everything goes back to Russia with all of this. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the whole Ukraine story is so inextricably linked to Russia and Donald Trump's Fealty to uh, Vladimir Putin, but uh, Chris Anderson has testified that Trump called John Bolton at home because Mm -hmm. Trump heard on CNN that we're getting tough on Russia in the Black Sea, and as we've seen on Rachel Maddow and some of the other uh, news shows, that uh, Russia is trying to seize. And I think they, I think they have. Mm -hmm. I think they've seized all of uh, Ukraine's oil rigs in the Black Sea uh, by force, obviously. And so this was going on, and the United States was planning on pushing back against Russia in this regard. And right. <laughs> Donald Trump heard that, it was like, no, no, don't push back. No. There are pals. I have Not business Russia deals with
2: right. them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, he didn't, Ixnay Donald Trump
2: on the ray
1: <laughs> Right, right. It's just an obvious move. Uh, once again, another move in which Donald Trump is telegraphing his loyalty to Vladimir Putin and Russia, right. and he will never stop. He will never ever... Never stop doing that? He is guilty. He is compromised, and I think by now it's it's amazing to me that this is still regarded. In fact, Jonathan Chait wrote a piece about this. It's amazing to me that uh, this is still regarded as a wild conspiracy theory, uh, and I, I can only imagine that it's because of Bill Barr and what happened last March with the release of the Mueller report and how just the very existence of Bill Barr's letter has turned a lot of people in the press against. Covering the Russia angle on all of this, and it's really, really disturbing because it—we it, shouldn't ignore what what's going on with Russia, and we are. Well, yeah,
2: and Russia's, but Russia's name is coming up so much in this testimony, and. Because uh, you know, I think you're gonna see more things from the Mueller report. Uh, the The lawmakers have documents now from the Mueller report they did yeah. not have before. So I think you'll see this tied together. To me, the real clue, the real tip off, and a moment that filled me with pride was when Nancy Pelosi stood up at that that table, that that uh, the cabinet meeting room table. Oh yeah, uh, and pointed at Donald Trump and said, with you, all roads lead to Russia.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, that was great. That's wh- that's when I knew she had the goods on him.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And right. that's
2: where you're going to see that I hopefully play out on TV over the next. Uh, Several days.
1: Yeah. Well. Meanwhile, in the Bolton uh, sphere of things here, uh, I found it interesting that uh, it turns out John Bolton has the same lit agent as Anonymous, <laughs> it's the anonymous White House staffer who wrote the uh, uh, the New York Times op-ed. Which had, the is book.
2: the same literary agent, I believe, that represented Jim Comey.
1: Okay, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. do you yeah. have do you have any guesses? Who are your guesses? Have you even thought about this? Who Anonymous might be?
2: Uh, you know, I have, and I, I can't pinpoint anybody. It could. It really. This is like a you know a, a, an Agatha Christie. Mystery. <laughs> yeah, could, it kind of is. It it could be any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it really could. And and from what we're hearing from the whistleblower and from uh, some of the testimony that was released this week. Uh, there are a number of people who feel the same way. I, certainly that is said in the book by Anonymous, uh, saying, uh, look, I'm a senior White House official, yeah. and I can tell you that other senior White House officials feel exactly as I do. Mm. Uh, and, and so this is, you know, a lot of people, you know, everybody's got to complain about something, whether it's PBS or whether it's, uh, this book by anonymous saying, <laughs> Oh, well, not very courageous. They really didn't tell us anything. We didn't already know about the guy. Well, there actually are some revelations in there and I think it's important to document it and, uh, uh really to confirm our expectations, our suspicions. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't know why, we keep hating people who are really on the side of democracy. That's, you know, it, we, we, it bothers me sometimes the anger... Uh, like I said with that tweet earlier, that I see in some progressives, thankfully not the majority of them.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, as you said, there are real, actual revelations in this. Obviously, right. we can continue to debate the character of the author, him or herself, but the revelations seem to play out based on what we already know, know about Donald Trump. They seem to confirm a lot of things that we already knew, but then also added some new things that I don't think we knew yet. Like, for example, right. one of the excerpts here I think is really terrifying, um, and it's. It's also a little bit which one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's it's one of the many funny yet terrifying things in the anonymous book. For example, Uh, quote, it's like showing up at the nursing home at daybreak to find your elderly uncle running pantsless across the courtyard and cursing loudly about the cafeteria food as worried attendants tried to catch him. The author writes, you're stunned, amused and embarrassed all at the same time. Only your uncle probably wouldn't do it every single day in italics. His words, his words aren't broadcast to the public and he doesn't have to lead the U.S. government once he puts his pants on. That is one small excerpt from the anonymous book. Yeah, and it's
2: filled with uh, very colorful writing like that. Whoever this is, I think, is an aspiring writer. Yeah, and uh, the whole book is that colorful and that descriptive, <laughs> you know, which is uh, could be a little tiring. I don't know. I don't know what mm-hmm. the book is going to be like actually. But here's what I want to say in defense of the author. Yeah. Uh, that that so many progressives chose to attack is not being helpful enough. <laughs> uh, true, they they weren't. But but what what we learned is that they considered this midnight self-massacre to which a lot of folks had said, well, why didn't you? That would have really made a statement. Well, here's why they said they decided to stay to continue their efforts to try to rein in the president that is described so colorfully in that book. Mm-hmm. And mostly, above all else, they worried that if they all left at once, if all these professionals, all these Grown ups, yeah. even if we don't agree with their politics, if all these grown ups were to leave at once, it would further destabilize an already teetering government.
1: Yeah. She's, so she's right about that.
2: Uh, so, you know, bad mouth uh, uh, Anonymous at your peril, I think, because Anonymous may have done more good than harm by staying
1: put here's another quote uh, another section from the anonymous book that uh again confirms what we all believe donald trump is like but gives us an actual set of examples and along these lines uh quote i've sat and listened in uncomfortable silence as he talks about a woman's appearance or performance the author writes Uh. he comments on makeup he makes jokes about weight and, of course, women love jokes about weight. Uh, he critiques clothing. He questions the toughness of women in and around his orbit. He uses words like sweetie and honey to address accomplished professionals. Yes. This is precisely the way a boss shouldn't act in a work environment. Another right. another insight into uh, Donald Trump's behavior behind the scenes.
2: Uh, and more... Po- more co- more, more colorful language. I'll I'll switch off with you here. Yeah. Uh, at one point, described as like a twelve-year-old in an air traffic control tower pushing the buttons, Jeez. and and you've said this before pushing the the buttons of pushing the buttons of government indiscriminately. Indifferent to the plane skidding across the runway and the flights frantically diverting away from the airport. Oh, my God. Fuck them.
1: Yeah, I've said all along, that one of Donald yeah. Trump's things is, what does this yeah. button do? I mean, right. not literally, not in a literal sense, but he's always thinking, like, what if I do this? What, how do you think they're going to react if I do that? That's his indiscriminate way of setting policy. He doesn't care about the long-term ramifications. He gets this uh, devilish notion in his head that he just likes to do, walk up to the game board and just throw it across the room and see what, how everybody reacts, running and, and scrambling and picking up the pieces. He loves the chaos. He thrives on it. At one point he said, uh, according to Anonymous, he said, we get these women coming in with like seven children. They are saying, oh, please help. My husband left me. They are useless. They don't do anything for our country. At least if they came in with a husband, we could put them in the fields to pick corn or something. Oh my God! There, and there's your uh, there's your racism right there. Hey, yeah. There's your
2: president. Yeah, ladies there's and your gentlemen, president. the president of the United States.
1: Yay! And and the author is a senior White House official mm-hmm. with firsthand knowledge of the president. Well, you want to know my guess for anonymous? My guess is yes, John, John Kelly. I think it's John Kelly, or maybe Rex Tillerson. I, I would say Rex Tillerson is my second well, choice. Sure,
2: neither one of them are still there though. And as I understand, this person is still a senior.
1: Oh, so you know, I didn't, I didn't know that they yeah, were still see, working inside the administration. This,
2: this yeah. makes the guessing a little harder.
1: Yeah, it, it genuinely <laughs> yeah. does. I guess yeah. you know what? My third choice then, someone Ooh. we don't hear a lot about. All uh, right. Dan Scavino, for example, Donald Trump's uh, <laughs> social media guy maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean it's the, my third option is from the underpants gnome business model. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Could be a complete no name. All right, we're going to take uh, one last break here and come back. Oh, bef- before we do, can I uh, share a stupid thought that I had? Oh, yes, please.
2: We we've heard a testimony this week from Laura Cooper at the Pentagon uh-huh. and Ka- Catherine Croft from the State Department. If Laura Cooper married Catherine Croft, she'd be Laura Croft. I yeah, perfect. Who knew? Yeah, right. Who my, knew?
1: My my favorite video game of all time. And it's not because of the boobs. Well, maybe a it's little a, bit. Maybe. Uh, maybe a little. It's a game
2: reference, ladies. And gentlemen. Yes,
1: it is. I I had no idea you had it in you, Buzz. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you're not a Gen X or Gen X? No, Buzz Burbank. No,
2: I'm an okay
1: boomer. <laughs> All right. Back with more show after these words.
0: (laughs) You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska.
4: Maybe it's a social thing. I tell you.
1: This is Prehab, liar liar. Yep. Love this song. This is uh, appropriately angry. Song uh, is. is from uh, the "I Haven't Been Completely Honest" album by Prehab. Yeah, I love
2: I like this, I like
1: yeah. this a lot. Jason K, frequent listener of the show, and uh, you gotta buy this album. I highly recommend the new Prehab album. Okay. And you notice,
2: and you notice, I didn't step on the vocal coming out of the spot. So.
1: I know, I noticed that. Thank you. Yeah.
2: You're welcome. All You're, right. My my job. I my I consider my mission here today to minimize your editing. <laughs>
1: that's right thank you very much for that always always appreciated uh okay moving along here uh nikki haley has been in the news she's got a book coming out uh claiming that uh and this is where i get my rex tillerson john kelly guess although it's now pretty much moot but she said uh, according to her new memoir that uh rex tillerson and john kelly tried to recruit her to ignore trump and help them work around him, and she refused. Well, Uh there you go. That is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley has zero chance of becoming president as long as she continues to telegraph her loyalty to to Donald Trump. And I'm not sure where, again, I don't understand why these people are wrapping their arms around this goofball, this clown, this petty tyrant. Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me why they're staking their reputations on this guy.
2: or or does she know he's doomed and she's really appealing to his supporters uh, in in what still could be a, a presidential bid for her? I, it's hard to read because she she strikes me as a conniving person. Yeah, <laughs> you know? a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know where I get that, but uh, that that would appear to be to me what's going on here. Do you know what the first thing occurred to me when when I heard this news when mm-hmm. I heard this thing about uh, Nikki Haley says uh, Tillerson and uh, tried to recruit her? Uh, my first thought was, well, the Democrats call Rex Tillerson and John Kelly. Uh, I, I yeah. they said, I got thanks, Nikki. You just gave us two great witnesses. <laughs> we'll take them. Yeah, you know. And so, in an odd way, I mean, so many things are going on here. In an odd way, she's helping the Democrats defeat Trump. She's helping them in in a way, a small way. She's thrown them a little bone to help them get. Uh, Trump, because she's yeah. revealed what what they have said, and and th- at the same time she's uh, promoted herself among the Trump voter base by fawning uh, for the president, uh, who because of everything else and regardless of everything else may well be headed out the door. Yeah. So in some way, I mean, there's a lot going on here. This this bounces off several walls.
1: I don't trust her. I, I think her right. um, her loyalty to Donald Trump supersedes any moves along those lines of what you were describing, which I think is completely valid. I think it's perfectly acceptable and uh, and, and a significant possibility that she's kind of. Playing both sides against each other, or or trying to pretend as if she's a a red hat, while at the same time kind of throwing little nuggets of information to the Democrats. Um, I I think this is obviously welcome confirmation that there were elements um, outside of the whoever anonymous is who were actively trying to flummox Donald Trump from within.
2: Oh yes, yeah. As the whistleblower, other people have testified. Yeah. uh, In in closed door sessions so far and soon in public hearings, uh, this was widespread, uh, this was a widespread understanding uh, of, of what was going
1: on. Here. By the way, I've been saying since maybe one of the first hearings that have ever occurred during the Trump Administration. One of the first congressional hearings to ever involve Trump administration senior officials, like I'm thinking right. of, for example, all of the intelligence community uh, heads, right? Uh, the, right. The, the head of the NSA and head of the CIA and Dan Coats and all the rest of them, and how they were. Pulling that uh, con- confused kid sound anytime they were asked a question about what goes on inside the Trump administration, you w- you they can, were doing, you doing can, this. You, w- you want And, and you, my you- my hunch was they all signed non disclosure agreements, so it wasn't a matter of executive privilege. They simply couldn't talk about anything that was going on inside the Trump administration, even things that didn't fall under the auspices of, of classified information. So it turns out now we fast forward. A few years and i don't know at some point in the maybe in the past couple of weeks maybe uh less recently than that um it's emerged that yeah all of these trump administration officials are in fact signing non-disclosure agreements including john Bolton, possibly but i saw in a conversation last night on lawrence o'donnell with john heileman where they were discussing the existence of non-disclosure agreements and how they're really not enforceable, so you can't... Exactly. Yeah. Bingo. But but the yeah. fact that they exist is something that I find uh, it's dubious disturbing. in it Yeah, It's yeah. disturbing.
2: It's disturbing. It's something that Donald Trump has practiced every step of the way in his business life, yeah. and he just continued it right into government. And I think I may have said months and months and months ago on your show uh, that uh, a lot of the folks in the White House who were asked or compelled to sign DNAs, Mm. were told by White House lawyers who leaned in and whispered to them, this doesn't really mean anything, but Trump wants you to sign it. Wow! Uh, Wow. And so uh, a lot of them knew from the very start that this was a meaningless piece of paper. They were Nervous about it, but they wanted to keep their jobs. Many of them,
1: career professionals. Yeah, well, they have used obviously this excuse, whether they believe it to be true or not. They've used it as an excuse to not some. deliver information to Congress when requested. So, yeah, and some, some have obviously. Um, but when did we get confirmation that the NDAs existed? Was it, is there a hard date that this occurred, or like a uh, general idea? I'm not because I I don't remember it ever emerging in the news officially that there were. NDAs. NDAs signed by White House staffers and cabinet officials? I,
2: I would have to do a search of my archives. It's probably been a year. Or, you know, you lose track of time in this administration. <laughs> but it's probably been a year or so ago that I reported that uh, these NDAs had been distributed in the White House. And, uh, you know, hell, it's, maybe it's two years now. I don't know. Uh, but the, the, these NDAs, it's somewhere in my archives, these NDAs had been uh, distributed in the White House, uh, oftentimes with... Uh, uh, assurances. Uh, don't worry. This really doesn't mean anything. It's not enforceable, but you need to sign it to keep the boss happy.
1: Damn it. God damn you, fire hose of news. The fire hose <laughs> of news has flummoxed me again. You, yes, because I didn't. You missed a drop. You I didn't missed a know. drop. Yeah, I know. What can I say? No.
2: <laughs> shit!
1: <laughs> Getting a lot of mileage out of this. <laughs> you missed a drop. Shit. What, what's that? What'd you say? I said, he missed a drop. <laughs> That's right.
2: I, was, I forget about the delay. I was trying to join the chorus there. Oh, well, I right. see we're out of time.
1: Yeah, we're out of <laughs> man <laughs> okay well lots of lots of, of, of additional information here to get to on the postmortem show make sure to sign up on our patreon page bobsesca show.com or patreon.com slash show or actually you can just click the all caps patreon link beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. take your pick any way you, you do it it's going to get you there and if you sign up for five dollars a month well you get a couple of postmortem shows every damn week where after this music is done playing, we just keep on talking. It's bonus material, bonus content, bonus features, whatever you want to call it, value-added information. I, I don't know Join how us. else to describe it, yeah. Uh, again, that's bobseskashow.com if you want to support the show. And we are still doing our contest, even though I don't think we're going to make it to 1,000 subscribers on. on our Patreon page before the end of the year. I don't know if we're going to do it. It seems on, possible, people. yeah. Um, okay, and, of course, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. It is going to be the best hour of news that you hear all week. And, of course, despite, it's going to be... Yeah.
2: Despite what you've heard here today, it's really a pretty good newscast yeah. uh, done by a really a different
1: guy. Yes, right. Gen Xer Buzz Burbank is hosting this That's month. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this week, obviously, you're going to have lots of impeachment news, I assume. Uh, uh, Gabble-to-gabble coverage of the uh, hearings uh, and everything tomorrow, huh?
2: I suppose I could squeeze some in. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> buzz yeah, buzz-
2: I got it. I'll... I'll have it all.
1: BuzzBurbank.com, RealmNetwork.com. Listen everywhere you get your podcasts. And the same thing uh, goes for the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. The entire slate of Sexy Liberal shows, sexyliberal.com. Of course, you can hear my show, Stephanie Miller's show, Jody Hamilton's show, Dana Goldberg's show. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, my God, John Fugelsang's show, and uh, and so much more. Uh, that's at, uh, again, sexyliberal.com. Don't forget to tell all your friends and give everyone a five star rating and review. We appreciate yeah. that so much. Oh yeah, teeny tiny announcement. Guess what I just found out today? What? This podcast is the number two podcast on Apple Podcasts politics in Egypt. Shut the front door. (laughs) They love me in Egypt. They love this show. I am moving the entire show to Egypt where the love is. Number two in Apple Podcasts politics in Egypt.
4: They got I got a lot of I, sand.
1: I, I don't know why. <laughs> Post mortem show coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.
0: Ryan Knight. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love my podcast, Amped Up with Proud Resister, where we dive deep into progressive issues, Trump's crimes. And we have great guests like Rosie O'Donnell, Rob Reiner and Malcolm Nance. You're such a name dropper. Oh, uh, you know. So come on and join us at Amped Up with Proud Resister on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network.
4: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time test to gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement.